podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Transfer Agenda show from the LFC Day Trippers. Um, it's Tuesday, we're, back, we're getting back to normality where we know what day it is now. It's definitely 2022 and it's Tuesday, so we're f- absolutely flying. Um, tonight's show, I put out a tweet, just to let people know, I put out a tweet about this show tonight and I just got loads of responses going, don't waste your time, we're not signing anyone. Um, this show is about all sorts of clubs um, from all over the place, so don't worry. If Liverpool do no business, we just talk about other clubs. We just start supporting Newcastle because they're going to buy everybody and then buy them again if they have to. So that's how it's going to go. Um, with me is our own Kev, our own Shawnee, and we're delighted to be joined by Newcastle fan Kendall Rowan. Kendall, I'm going to come to you first. Um, how excited are you by this transfer window? Because the last transfer window, I think... Um, Mike Ashley was, I don't know, painting more sports direct signs on the side of the stadium and stuff like that. But now it's a completely different um, landscape, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a transfer window like, for probably about 10 years. Um, simply because we knew like these deals are not... Obviously, the news about Trippier just broke about an hour ago. Um, that deal is to be completed in the next 24 hours. Um, these deals are something that we could have done under Mike Ashley, but didn't like we did just didn't sanction it um and it was like just another transfer window of the same every january every we never used to do business in january that much anyway but every january every summer like it was just never exciting because we just knew that nothing really huge was going to happen um obviously these guys have come in immediately with immense intent like we've just obviously on the verge of signing a La Liga champion a champions league finalist an established england international which we've not had at Newcastle since, God, at, at, in the Mike Ashley, we probably only really had Andy Carroll and I wouldn't say that's established, you know what I mean? He's already played like a couple of, he's only had a couple of caps. So yeah, uh, it's crazy this time around, absolutely crazy. It just feels strange to be like happy about a transfer window for once and actually doing some decent deals, I think. Is it one that you have to get right? Because, you know, when you look at where Newcastle <laughs> are in the league, um, they're struggling. They're in a real fight against relegation, half a season to go. Is it one where they have to get this right? Because, you know, they could sign four or five, absolutely no problem to them. They could sign four or five. And we've spoken on this show before about how Newcastle don't really have to worry about FFP because they've three years of a, of a free hit. And then that's before you even go into Europe and stuff like that or, or get into Europe. But, but is, it, is it something you have to get right? Because if you bring in players like the players you've been linked with, and it doesn't work out. I know they've all the money in the world to, to write it off and, you know, go again. But they want to get it right, don't they? They don't want to be seen as someone that's just going to splash on five players. It doesn't work, and it's just going to be a merry-go-round of players. Because despite all the money they have, they want to establish themselves as a well-run club that make the right football and decisions from the from the get-go. Yeah, 100%. And obviously the structure behind transfers and things like that is something we've not had at the club for a long time either. So we haven't had a sporting director or anything like a director of football since Dennis Wise about 10 years ago. And we've had nothing. Yeah. (laughs) We've had (laughs) nothing like that um, at the club. So obviously they're working on that at the moment. They've brought out an outside recruitment firm to do that. They're in talks with Dan Ashworth from Brighton, who has held talks in the last week or so. 
Um, he's been like a, a huge part of the current England setup, and Brighton's recruitment is quite it's extensively good um, on a you know a lower basis. So they are doing the right things. The, as I keep saying though, this right now we don't have the luxury of time. We've got six months before we're relegated or we're not, and it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. We don't have that luxury to mess about. So coming into a window and within three days having a signing already to me is the intent that we we absolutely desperate for. We can't get any worse than we are, really, <laughs> right now. Uh, we're 19, well, I don't know if we're 18th now because of or whatever, because Burnley had a few games in hand, but we are still in the relegation zone regardless. Um, so whatever happens, even if they do flop, we already have loads of flops. <laughs> so like, it's not really going to be much of a difference anyway. Um, and if this is the calibre of players that they are going to bring in, like Trippier, then I really can't see it going wrong, really. Um He's got Premier League experience already. He's worked under one of the better defensive coaches in the world, under Diego Simeone. He knows how really well. Um, so, yeah, I think if this is going to be this statement of intent, then they're starting off really well. And hopefully it just continues from here because I think we need about five at the minimum um, to stay up, really. I think five good signs for Newcastle along the lines of Trippier is what they should look for because if he do stay up he's a really good right back that you look for over the next couple of years to start building the foundation on for real to ask Trippier still happening would be a top signing that deal has been agreed or a fee agreed in the last hour as, as Kendall says there so that looks like it will go through Shani um you know, we're not Newcastle fans. Um, some people will agree as to what's gone on with, with Newcastle, i.e. the takeover and where what position they're in. Um, loads of people had loads of sympathy for them with Mike Ashley, and quite rightly so, because man, man, he was he was a madman. Um, but it, it really is like looking from the outside in. It's it's quite exciting, isn't it, to look at it from where they are, even where they are now, to what they could do. It, there is part of it that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Like I remember in the build up to um the, this takeover happening, I think there was a uh, Gary Neville done uh, this interview with a couple of Newcastle fans outside the bar, and you could just see that it was anybody but Ashley for them. Like you know what I mean? Because they'd been through so much for his whole tenure now, and the the ironic thing is now the fact that Ashley hasn't spent a penny in so long is actually standing to Newcastle now because they don't need to worry about these overheads from FFP. So they can kind of go out now and do the four or five signings that'll keep them in the Premier League without having to worry about any backlash. So, look, it, it I don't know about... Yeah, I, I'm going to say it because Newcastle will be very... like They'll be partisan, very like Liverpool. The fans deserve it. They haven't had much to bleed to, to scream about in the last... 20 odd years, you know what I mean? Like since Bobby Robson days, when there would have been some sort of air of optimism around the club. So I think Trippier is a good start. Um, and like you said, Gav, they don't want to be seen as mugs either just because they have money doesn't mean that they can go thrown around. I think Trippier is a good start. And I think if Newcastle can get probably a left back in and another centre half in, I think they'll stay up because I had a look at the table there and like it is bottlenecked down there. And with the type, with the right type of quality, you'd fancy them to get enough points because you look at Jolathan, the form that he's been in, St. Maximum can win games on his own. And I actually think that uh, Callum Wilson is a, de- a very good, uh, decent level Premier League striker who will get you probably between now and the end of the season 10 or 12 goals. And that's what's going to keep them up, Gav, because if you look around, there are other teams that are struggling and they do have the advantage now of just going out and saying, well, we'll take Trippier for 10, 15 million. I've seen that they're in for Batman, who will be another great, another good signing. Yeah, I've seen they've, they've rejected on that one. Yeah, but look, it, 
money talks, Gavin, yeah, towards possibly. the end of this transfer window, there is going to be movement. And I've seen talk of Aubameyang, and like you're absolutely mad if you think that doesn't make sense. Because yeah. Arsenal want him off the wage bill. Newcastle even took him on a six-month loan, agreeing to pay half his wages with an option to buy if he was to stay up. That's a great move for him. You know what I mean? So he's going up to Newcastle where he'd be loved there because he, he's just that type of player who will score goals. And look, it might, it might not be happening for the minute at Arsenal, but Aubameyang has done nothing basically but score goals since he went in there in the Premier League. So they have sorted the luxury now. Like, and look, like Kendall says, it's exciting times for them because this is something that's probably so alien to them. So it's interesting now, but <laughs> ask me in a few years when they're yeah. trying to buy the same players yeah. that we're trying like to buy. Fucking and, and again. I, might, I, might feel a, I might feel a little bit different yeah. towards yeah. them. I'll be like another yeah. fucking man city in the league. But for yeah. now, you have to say it is kind of exciting and yeah. it's good for the league. Let, let's not make no bounds about it. Big players coming back. Like Trippier was linked to United in the summer Course, and they couldn't yeah. get it done. So you can't pretend that this isn't a good sign for them. They're right where they're starting at the back because I think they definitely should be looking around a midfielder and this isn't a Newcastle show for the whole night by the way but when we get into this stuff we usually keep going but but they're right where they're starting because they've looked shaky at the back they you know they have got a couple of match winners in them or, or, t- or players that can affect the other end of the pitch Ma- say maximum being the, the obvious one but Callum Wilson is huge but if you bring in three or four even and you say right we, we get the same amount of points and add 10 on top of it you know as to what we got the first half of the season you stay up it's as simple as Literally, that. You stay up. Yeah. You put 10 points on top of what you've got. You know, I think they've 14 or 15 points now, have they? If you get that again, plus 10, it's 40. You're definitely staying up in the Premier League, I think, and 40. <clears> but um, where they're starting, for me, is, is is the right area to start. Kev, um, I know from talking to you that you feel that if Newcastle stay up, you feel within two or three years they'd be huge contenders. Huge yeah. contenders. Yeah, look, I mean... If you'd have asked me in October, November, will Newcastle stay up? I'd have said no. They were just in an awful state. And then they appointed Eddie Howe, and I thought, disaster. Mm. And they're, look, they're lucky that nobody's pulled away. Nobody's created a gap. Everyone, like Shawnee said, everyone's bottlenecked down there. And they can spend their way out of it. It was vital with this Trippier deal that they didn't pay the buyout clause. That they went into this transfer window, and they're, seen, they're not seen as mugs that they'll pay top end for every player they're going to go in for. 12 million for Kieran Trippier at his age is bang on. That is that is what he's worth. He's not worth more than that. And the wages will be high, but that's you're going to get a good, solid player. If Luca Dinia is going to go there on the other side, makes perfect sense to me. Um, Newcastle haven't been getting clapped by many sides, or by anyone really. They've been losing by the odd goal here and there. And their problem has been keeping players fit up the other end, keeping Callum Wilson fit and supplying and keeping St. Maximin so that he's not the workhorse, so that he can stay fresh. He's um they need additions, there's no doubt about it. And this the the intent that they're going into, starting at the back and working their way forward, they've learned. They've learned from what watching what Man City did, they've learned from the mistakes that Man City made. They're not going to make these mistakes. They're going to be very focused on how they bring these players in, and they'll have a plan to get stay up this season, get into the top eight next season, and then attack the top four season after. They're not going to hang about, and they don't have to hang about because they've got the wealth to bring in whoever the hell they want. And it's, 
there's no arguing about it. There's no discussions to be had. I didn't say if they go down, I don't think it makes much of a difference to the project, even. I, I honestly, think, I, I think genuinely the, I don't. Think it makes, all it I, think, I think the difference it makes is... is it it makes a year in the difference, which yeah, in the grand scheme is not a lot, because look... But Kieran Trippier doesn't want to be coming back and playing championship football. Yeah, but Kieran know? Trippier would know the script. Like He uh, he understands the script, yeah. but what I'm saying is... And I is, think Newcastle do as well, and I think that's why... That actually Eddie isn't a relegation clause in his contract either, which is surprising. There you go. And but then, I, well, then he's all in. Yeah, so, and, in, yeah, and they're all and going to be all in. Guy, and it's not, well, so he's from the he's from Barnsley, I think. Yeah, very. Yeah, Bar- yeah. So Barry he's not. It's not. It's not. It's not coming to an unknown. He's going back home, and anyone who's lived abroad and when they return home, that they just want to kick on. He's going to want to get back into the England reckoning for the World Cup as well. Southgate loves him, whether he plays left back or right back. Southgate will pick him if he sees him playing, and he's going to be. A mainstay in that Newcastle side for the next two or three years. You know, it's a very, I think that's very why point. even the appointment of Hell is kind of it's smart in a way because they probably know themselves. Look, if we do end up in the Championship, there's no better fella to get you out of it than Andy Hell, and they will have look and they will have contingency. You know what I mean? They they won't be panicked about going down for the year. They really won't because at the end of the day, when they're selling this project, like these big states, like the way they've whitewashed boxing Formula 1 they sell these big huge projects and does nobody as what's the word I could use savvy no it's not even savvy it's just they have these visions in their head and they have the financial clout to back it up and you only have to look now in fairness City haven't quite got to the holy grail yet of the Champions League but it was between them and Chelsea the year before and the year before that it was PSG so it's kind of like you're starting to see now that the road is there for these clubs to be pumping in the money and lift and lift up. And look, Trippier is is the first piece of that puzzle now. He's the first one going in, and I don't think he's I, I don't think he's going to be Rabinho the way Rabinho was. Oh, he thought he was know where he was going. Rabinho <laughs> thought he was signing for United. You know? he, he, he kicked it out. and He says, "What the fuck? I, I didn't even know he, they were blue on Manchester." Up and Prescott cables and ended up playing for Man City. He didn't know what the fuck was he going. He was looking on. around for Alex Ferguson on the fourth day of training. Happening, didn't he? It was no, but I, I think hilarious. I don't think I does not. I don't see. I don't think Newcastle are under mad pressure. To be honest with you, because he has so no, the, much the money. money the, the, the money means they're not under pressure. What I'm saying is, is that if you're bringing players in. You know, they all have confidence in themselves that they keep them up. That's that's what professional players are. They, they want to be the best. They want to, you know, play their absolute ability. And if the likes of the level is Kieran Trippier and they all come in and play to their level, they'll stay up comfortably. You know, that sort of way. But if they go down, I think you're right on the how thing. I think if they go down, he stays. I think if they stay up, I don't think he does. That's that's just my opinion. I think if you stay up, I don't think Eddie House stays there because then then they're jumping a couple of levels in, in whatever project they have or the vision that you as you said. And I don't think Eddie Howe is capable. Um I think he gets him into a half year contract as well. Yeah. So yeah, but I think Newcastle Newcastle have all the money. They'll just throw it all back at him and say, Listen, thanks a million and, and away you go. But last the last thing on it, Ken, before we move into players and different clubs and stuff. Kev mentioned it there, you know, twelve million is bang on for Trippier. Do Newcastle, you know, everyone's expecting the Newcastle to go out and go, listen, um, how much do you want for him? 50, and he's worth 40. Yeah, there's 50. Yeah. You know, is it is it important just for the way people perceive this project from Newcastle? They're going to spend a lot of money. That's that's a given. But is it important that they pour out this perception or, or show themselves to be, you know, 
wily kind of dealers in the market, instead of just going out and saying, you know, Sven Botman is probably worth more than what they're offering at the moment, you know, on his reputation. But instead of going in and going, oh, we like Lingard, there's 25 million. There's no reason to give it. Do they have to give this perception now and do it right where they go? We're going to make intelligent moves in the transfer market rather than just splurging a load of money at it and seeing what sticks. Yeah, Kev was bang on because we need to go into this. Clubs are going to see us coming from a mile away. They're, they're going yeah. to know how desperate we are for relegate for like to not be relegated. They're going to know how much money we have because technically, based on owners' net worth, we are the richest club in the world. Obviously, not the club is in itself, but the owners are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to see everything. They're going to know the crack. So Kev is bang on in the sense of we need to go into this deal. So this deal right now is perfect because the release clause is thirty-one million. We haven't even paid half that, so. For me, that goes in and shows that we are negotiating correctly. We aren't going to be just mugged off for anyone just because that's who we are and the desperation that we're in right now. So it's absolutely vital that we go into this with um, this kind of, what's the word, like professionalism is how I can, the only way I can express it because we just don't want to look like absolute amateurs going into a deal right now because of the situation that we are in. Um, So this board's hugely going forward. I know, obviously... Leila said Botman is not for sale. I, th- I believe the bid was around 30 million. So I think the way that they're financially in trouble at the moment as well, I think if you just up that gradually, say like 35 million going, if they say no, okay, 37 million, no. They need to have a ceiling. If it's 40 million is a ceiling and they still say no, right, go away, that's fine, okay, we'll just move on. We just need to have backups for every every target. Diego Carlos is now being mentioned from Sevilla, who is unbelievable. And so I think <laughs> like that... <laughs> you, so I'm we, glad you said it. <laughs> so we have got backups in the positions, and then they also want either one of Tarkovsky or Joe Rodon from Tottenham. So they have got backups in the in the positions that they want, and that's brilliant. The, Luca Dinier, obviously, we'll probably mention it later on going on it, but that that interest has been confirmed today as well. So they have got other options, which is again vital because in the summer we literally, not we, but the club literally had to put out a statement and explain why we didn't sign anyone apart from Joe Willick. They like, had to explain why. And now we've got like two two player in every position that we're going to go in for. So it's just, honestly, it is just a different kettle of fish. It's absolutely unbelievable to me at the moment. Just totally crazy. But yeah, absolutely bang on with everything you've said. Yeah, it is. It's got. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably see them ramping it up. They'll do something in January to, to try cement themselves in the Premier League and then you'll see a rant as probably the, the next window goes in next January and probably the summer after that and they'll start moving up and it'll all depend on how these work out. That's a very obvious thing to say but if these signings work out you go, you know what, we're, we're in the hunt for Europe, Europa spot now or a Champions League spot, We've let's invest more, you know, that sort of way. And the big thing behind all this is that, again, and um, like Sean, said, the fact that Mike Ashley was a miserable fucker um, has actually stood to Newcastle because they literally have... A, blank piece of paper when it comes to FFP and nobody can go near them. It's only when you get into Europe that they start looking at you and they don't really. You bring them to court and you tell them you've done nothing wrong and they go, okay, and away you go. Um, yeah, FFP so, has been brilliant for yeah, everyone else so far. It's, I don't it's think the absolute it's business. Started. Wait until you get involved in that. Uh, wait until you get involved in that. It's so much fun. Must be uh, nice. Uh, yeah, well, listen, it, it is. like FFP is just, it's a myth. You know, it's a, it's an absolute myth um, that's being blown apart. So you won't have any worries on that score either. Um, Everton. We were meant to have my Mike from the Blue Boys Network on tonight. He had he had to pull out because of a, a family issue, which is absolutely bang on. Way more important than doing a podcast, let's be honest. Um, but Everton have signed two fullbacks, and I was thinking about this. And Sean, I'll come to you first. They've signed um, 
Patterson from Rangers. Um, I think it's about 11, 10 or 11, including um, add-ons. Um, and Mikolenko from, I think it was Dynamo Kiev. Young left-back, young right-back. Two good signings for them because the Luka Dina thing is mad to me. I think Luka Dina has got the hump because he's playing for Rafa Benitez. He likes to go forward. He likes to get involved. He likes to overlap, get balls in the box. And, you know, a year ago, they were saying he was better than Andy Robertson because he crossed a few balls and stuff like that. And now when Rafa Benitez comes along, he goes, you don't move past that halfway line or I will come out and hit you across the back of the head with something. Um, and I think he's a little bit upset by that, right? And I think that's what's going on there. I think he's just gone, I'm not playing for this fella. He just doesn't suit me whatsoever. But, but Shani, do, does the age profile of them players and the positions that he's putting them in or, or bringing them in show that Everton are actually seriously backing Rafa Benitez? Not only with money, but the fact that despite m- most of the fan base wanting rid of him, they're willing to back this fella and he's there for for the long run. Just on just on the age profile of them too. See, like, well, Sherry's plenty of money as well, but unlike Newcastle, like, Everything have been in a hole in terms of FFP where they haven't been able to spend a penny. I think that's... And if you look at the two signings that Benitez brought in in the summer, they've arguably been Everton's best players this year, Damari Gray and Andros Townsend. So I think with the clout he has, I, I really like to look at that Patterson lad. Uh, I thought for sure Gerard was going to try bring him down to Villa with him from there because I do think... He has a serious future and at that price, it's, it's it's a decent bit of business because if I'm being honest, Everton have done a lot of shoddy business since they started throwing money around. They've spent an apparent amount of money on shite, to be honest with you, and they've just lingered ever since, really. And I think that's probably why Dinya has a bee in his bonnet because they buy him from, is it Barcelona? Uh, where did you get Dinya from? Um, yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, I think they get it from Barcelona. Yeah. So he's he's probably being sold the project, similar now to the way that the the Newcastle players will be, because Moshiri was going to plough money in, and he has, and he was probably thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Everton. It's a big club, because they are a big club. Let's make no bones about it. They are. And they had Carlo and, as well, didn't they? Carlo yeah, Ancelotti Carlo Ancelotti. So Everton, you need to look at the regression there. They're not really going anywhere. And then, like you said, look at Tankless task being a Rafa Benitez fullback because you don't have much else on in front of you. It's all about like staying in the back. But in terms of them going in the right direction, I think in terms of fullbacks, Gav, they couldn't possibly go in the wrong direction because Seamus Coleman has looked finished at the top level now for probably two or three seasons. And they're finally, finally making a, a, a sign where they could literally take him out now and throw your man Patterson in. So, I don't know whether everything are ever going to go in the right direction. I just always trouble. I always just trust everything to be everything, and that's all we can do. Really, and we have great crack. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's like when yeah. club says to a Rigi, just be a Rigi. You just expect yeah. everything to just to be, be everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, just that fans to be just going mad over nothing and optimistic in August and shut down do in September. Do you, remember, you know what I mean? <laughs> do you remember Ronald Koeman had the? Uh, was it Ronald Koeman put up the Ronald Koeman had a bleeding red decoration on his yeah. Christmas tree and they were and trying they to burn his house down. Fucked them out of the club. It was so fucking good. But I will say, I'm a li- Patterson is looks the business. He looks really, really good. He's highly rated. Highly yeah, rated. I think he's going to be a really good player, yeah. and I think he'll end up probably at Arsenal or City in a few years for forty million because that's just basically what happens, isn't it? Yeah, it is what happens, and and you know, everything set up has been all over the place. Marcel Brands and and all stuff going on. Mashiri throwing money at it, and 
it's like they they always reminded me of you know when you're a really young kid when you're four or five and your granny gave you a fiver and stood you outside a shop and said go in and you know, fill your boots. That's where Everton were like when they when they got this money from Mashiri. Um and it just went it's gone horribly wrong. And and the biggest problem for Everton is actually clearing the load of the bank, but they can't afford to because they don't have anybody to back it up with because they've absolutely cluttered their squad with players that just are ineffective yeah. for them. But this for me with the fullbacks is interesting because of the age profile and and the fact that they're fullbacks, you know, Rafa usually likes experienced fullbacks, you know, and really solid and you know don't go beyond the halfway line. We'll, we'll get other people to do that that job and stuff like that. But this to me is, and, and this, the fact that Marcel Brands has left Everton um, and these players are coming in is, is showing me that Rafa is getting some sort of control in there. And it's probably what's needed because there seems to be a lot of names floating around Everton as to who does what. Whereas Benitez is throwing haymakers now and going, right, you're out, you're out, you're out. And I want these players in. So by the looks of it, they're starting to back him with the idea that Benitez is committed to a long term and, and they're committed to what he wants to do. And bringing in those those younger sort of players, I think, is, is huge. Um, Kev, Luca Dean, we go back to him because he is linked with Chelsea on loan. He is linked with Newcastle. Um, is it, is it for you, is it just a case of there's a falling out there and it's just that's the end of it, he's out of there? I think there's a few a few issues there. He's seen his place in the France squad uh, drop away because Hernandez has jumped ahead of him. And he's probably fearing now that playing for Everton, uh, I'm probably not going to go to the World Cup and this will be his last chance. If he's got any kind of a sniff of getting out of there and getting into a, a club where he's got to be on TV all the time, be it Newcastle, be it Chelsea, he'll, he'd jump at the chance. Um, and Everton would do well to get rid of him. You know, just get him out, get him out, get him off the books and start afresh. They're safe enough. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to get into Europe. They have to start a rebuild somewhere. And it's he's as good a place as any. They haven't got many saleable assets. And if they can offload him while adding young younger players, I think they paid 12 million, 12.5 for the lad from Scotland, rising to 16 million with add ons. So they're paying 12.5 million. For this kid, and then they'll turn the profit. One of the add-ons is definitely winning the European Cup. Yeah, exactly. So they're paying twelve and a half. Hundred percent. And but what they need to do is they need to start. This is this is (laughs) everything are a great example to Newcastle. Then a date the systems cook to be all sorts of clauses. It's going to be great. Is what happens if you spend money badly? Even if you're not in Europe, FFP can cripple you if you get it wrong over successive windows. And anyone is capable of getting the odd transfer wrong here and there. But to do it on a monumental scale like Everton did with the ridiculous fees that they were paying over successive windows, the backlash is that now they're having to not just sell to buy, they're having to sell to invest, to grow a player, to sell, to reinvest again. They're gone now to being what Southampton were when we used to raid their pockets all the time. And do you know what? It's not a bad model. Uh, It's just not going to get you to where Everton fans think they're entitled to be. But it will stay it will keep you in the league. It will keep you sustain it will sustain your club and it will grow you over time. It's just a long, long project. And that's what needs to happen for them now. They have to get out of the hairs of FFB before they can go again. And Mashiri has already come out a few times. Let it he's let it be known that Rafa is his man and Rafa's going nowhere. 
and the fans can kick and scream and bitch and moan all they like, Rafa's going nowhere. He's he's got Mashiri's ear, and Mashiri will back him when he can. It's um, it's interesting, right? Because um, Kendall this. <laughs> Uh, Floodison Park. It's at the same Floodison Park. Ah, uh, listen, they're building, they're building a floaty stadium and everything. It's on water. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Like you know, it's we've we've had some crack with that as well. Did you see? Did anyone see? I should. I if I find it. I'll send I seen it the oak last week. They put up the, the of concrete. Yeah, they did. Uh, the the like, superstructure is has begun, and it was literally see, um, I'm not concrete book. about six foot high. It when I so seen that posted, I was like, "That's not real." <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, I thought it was like a meme. Because I'm not on Twitter, so I thought yeah. it was a meme I seen on Instagram, yeah. and I actually searched that, and I saw it, and I yeah, just said, what the fuck? Liverpool are, are redeveloped the Anfield Road end, <laughs> and the idea is that they will do the same what they've done with the main stand, which is build this stand over the existing stand, and then open it up and make it one big... But big, they just um, put a slab of concrete... They literally <laughs> they literally had two walls of concrete in a, in a square, like, you know, two corners meeting each other. They were about eight foot high, and then they had this, I don't know, Fucking two foot by two foot square. It was like playing Hams on the It was like something you'd see, you know, like when there was a drug deal going down in a in a derelict area, and it was just this slab of concrete, and they were like, "Oh, it's for Dion Dublin to walk out and start talking about someone getting an extension on the back of the house <laughs> yeah, and the Hams yeah, under yeah. the hammer." Yeah, I was Nick, like, has, oh, Nick has bought this site for twelve grand, and he feels he can turn it over <laughs> in three months. Oh, um, but it was it's they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. Never change, but. <laughs> Um, I don't even know where I was going to go. Oh, I know where I was going to go, Kendall. Um, Rafa Benitez is a hero at Newcastle um, because uh, just, probably just because he had to deal with Mike Ashley, I think. But a lot of Everton fans don't like him, right? Um, for obvious reasons. And we've talked about Eddie Howe and staying up and stuff like that. Would you let Rafa Benitez lose for all that money next season if, if the chance came about? Um, no. Do you know what? I wanted Rafa to leave as a hero, and that's what he did. That he couldn't have done any more in the situation that we were in. He couldn't have done any more under Mike Ashley. He tried. He drew up plans for a new training ground. He wanted to restructure the academy, and he was never allowed to do any of it. And he left as a hero. I would hate for him to come back now with money. And I'm not saying he's bad at transfers because he isn't. He's just used to in the last like segment of his career, used to dealing with a certain budget. So he knows how to shop within a budget. So like he got like Fabian Shaw for us for four million, Martin Dubravka for four million, like things like that. He's not used to being told anymore, go out and do whatever the hell you want with 200 million. He's just not used to that. And I don't know whether that would be a, a good idea from a standpoint of I would just rather him have left in a, a, as a good way, like as a hero, as I say. There is loads and loads of talk of him coming back as like a, not a director of football, but like a, consultant that's it and there is loads of talk of that and i wouldn't say no to that because then he's not really in charge of he's not going to get a lot of backlash from certain things um i do however think that if he hadn't have taken that Everton job i think he would be back in newcastle right now i think they would have just gone imme- immediately gone for him um and i wouldn't have said no at the time but uh, the more i think about it um the i think i would just rather him not come back in, in any sort of managerial form and if he is going to come back then uh, as a consultant so you want to just protect his legacy at newcastle yeah as it, 100%. As it is. and plus as i said i think the game is we've seen it with everton his knowledge of the game is extensive tactically and like just he's like an arsene wenger sort of type like he loves football in general and he is very like involved and interested in things beyond like just the cl- the club so i think Given him as much money as he wants to spend, 
I don't know if that is his MO now as a manager. I don't think it is because, as I said, the last few jobs he's been in, he's had to work in a, at a budget and deal with like a certain situation of a club. So I don't think building a Champions League club is probably where he would be best at right now. Ten years ago, yes, I would have said, absolutely, get him right in straight away. That wouldn't have bothered me at all. But I just think right now, as we see with Jose Mourinho, he is also hasn't boarded well the last few years and I just think it's that type of manager now we need to be looking at the likes of Eddie Hamm and I'm not putting him up there with world class managers but he's very tactically astute and he's very forward thinking and that is where the game's heading so I think probably it wouldn't be the best idea to bring Rafa back and expect him to build a team in five years I think he's probably just better at establishing a team if that makes sense yeah, I think, you know, you could nearly look at Rafa at this stage and he could be offered a Newcastle job and he could turn it down and he go, listen, I'm way, I'm way down this rabbit hole of dealing with lunatics and I'm having a great time doing it over the last 10 years or so and I'm not willing to give it up because, you know, like when you look at someone, like you talk about Mike Ashley, but he was dealing with Hicks and Gillette, wasn't he? At Liverpool, he was, um, he goes over and he does the Real Madrid job and it's, it's absolutely mental. Inter Milan was mad. Um, you know, he's had a go and he's, in fairness to him, um, he sometimes he must wake up and just go. I fancy go with that. That looks absolutely mad, and I fancy go with it. And and he has done that over the last couple of years. But he's go on, Johnny. They like these owners will be looking to eight, nine, ten years down the line. Like, yeah. let's be yeah, honest. I like yeah. I like Benitez, but he's yesterday's man. As much as much yeah. as Mourinho is, I I think they'll be looking at the batch of the next best. That's what they'll be doing. They'll be looking to get. The next sort the young German coach who's coming yeah, off the line exactly. over there. That's what, that's what I was saying, yeah. yeah. Someone like him. That's what they will be looking to do because that is their ambition. That they're not backwards about going forward. And I don't think, look, I like Raphael and all. I do. I don't, I don't feel any indifference to him because he's managing everything at the moment. And like Kendall said, look, he's done his job at Newcastle, but they're going in a completely different direction now. That's yeah. and that's just, the timing is probably just wrong. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah the timing for to him to go that now what a top club would take Rafa now, and that's the way those owners will be looking at. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the thing is, the, the original the original deal was supposed to go through when Rafa was still there. Yeah, he yeah. was one of the instigators in trying to to engineer this. Yeah, he. Um, that's just because he, he fucking just, he had Mike Ashley. His guest at a game in 2016, yeah. and he yeah, just he couldn't just, stick it. He just couldn't he stick was, it anymore. You know, he was sick of getting Lonsdale socks. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? Um I think you're right. The timing the timing is, is probably is probably just wrong and, and like you say, they're moving in different directions in their careers and stuff like that. But somebody said there some of the stories you must have, like Kev, like I pay a huge amount of money to go to an audience with a private audience with Rafa Benitez and just ask him about all the mad people he worked with. I'd love to know what it was like to work in China. Oh, you oh, forgot that. Yeah. He's going to go up there for the crack, didn't he? Absolute bucket load of money. Yeah. A bucket of 16 million a year or something stupid yeah. like that. But, and then he just comes back and it was all of the foreign coaches have been kicked out of China. That's it. You're gone. Good luck. Goodbye. Yeah. God, yeah. You know, thank you very much for coming. Here's your paycheck. I mean, every single place the guy is gone. It's just like madness. Said, it is just I, absolute insanity. And it's not like he's a lunatic because he's, yeah. he's so obsessed with football. And, you know, like, you see the likes of um, Jamie Carragher, Steven Gerrard, other players that have played, beneath, you know, for him, saying how, like, you know, how tactically aware he is, how, you know, he's, he's every little detail. It's not like he's a lunatic. It's not like he's, it's not he's like, he, 
yeah, it's not like he's Louis Van Hal. Remember Louis Van Hal at United when he was in press conferences shouting at people and all. It's not like he's a complete lunatic, but he just seems to find himself in these situations. I'd say he qualifies a shrink at this stage. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But he will make serious money. Um, he's like just, playing uh, Norse Ratchet. One flew out of the cuckoo's nest. Just dealing yeah. with lunatics wherever he goes. If he could get a hundred people in a room, right? And they're not allowed to bring mobile phones. Um, nothing. <laughs> it's just you. It's just Rafa and a hundred people, and he can say wherever he wants, and it goes no further. Um, he would make a serious amount of money out of the, the, the people and the clubs and stuff he's dealt with. But um, he's at everything now. We'll have to see where it goes. Kendall, last question on Newcastle. Um, if Eddie Howe isn't there, I want one name as to who you want. Oh, a real, realistic or not realistic? <laughs> um, you can give us realistic and non-realistic. Diego Simeone. Oh, okay. fuck off. Oh, I tell you what, he's <laughs> made for them. Yeah, but imagine... Because, imagine. right, the shithousery that goes on with Diego Simeone is perfect for Newcastle. Perfect. Yeah. He, he, the passion he was sure, the fans would just love oh. him straight away. His game has evolved so much because obviously... If anyone's watching this and doesn't know, I have followed Atleti since 2004 as well. So I know Diego Simeone very, very well. The way his game has evolved over the last two years specifically, um, weirdly, Trippier was absolutely instrumental to that. Um, his game's evolved as well, so he's not just like a park of the bus. He's a very pragmatic manager and a very systematic manager in, in a sense of he'll go into a, tar- in a tournament like the um, Champions League and he'll play pragmatic football. And everyone's like, oh, he plays shitty defensive pragmatic, like part of the football. It's not like that. He just goes into tournaments and does it because yeah. that's what he knows. Um, obviously, won the league last year. His personality and the way he is and the way he plays football for Newcastle is bang on. Like, it's literally ideal. I cannot even think beyond anyone else. That would be me, but that's me being biased. Otherwise, it would be Nagelsmann. That would be my eventually in four or five years that would be like who I would want okay like Simeone it looks like a bouncer that'd be on the door of a nightclub in Newcastle like you can imagine him with a, a Geordie accent and all yeah. you could he's playing yeah. mad at tell you what, the fans would get right Conte behind him Conte would worry me there because he could build a side and he knows how to build a side to win a title and he likes to have money, Conte. Well, they all do, yeah. but Conte... Just saying now, Conte like, knows that's why I didn't know why he went to Tottenham either, because I was like, Levy's like the worst person you want to be negotiating with, honestly. Well, he did, like, he did, he did turn down Tottenham at, at the start of the season before they gave it yeah. to um, the other chap that isn't... You know. Santo. And he turned them down along with... Wasn't the other guy turned them down because they weren't going to pay him all the money he gets in the tax relief in Italy um, for yeah. a second? And... He turned them down, but then he obviously came back. And the, I just couldn't believe he didn't end up at, at United, um, Conte. I yeah. thought he was absolutely just sitting, waiting for that job to come up. But look, uh, strange things happen. But he's at he's at Spurs there now, and he started off quite well. And you know, it's a big it's a big call for Newcastle to make over the next. Um, Do you know, know what I can see happening? <laughs> this like is so far off, right? But Pep might leave Man City in three years and go to Newcastle. Do you think so? No, there's not a fucking go, chance no. Pepper staying in the north of England after <laughs> living in Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Holiday home in Sunderland. And I'll tell you what, that's, that's I'm starting like, to fucking hate Newcastle already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Kendall is just fucking alienating the whole the whole <laughs> I just city do whatever now. I want now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all had time for Newcastle about 40 minutes ago. And now we don't. Um but look, moving on. Um Talk around Liverpool because, like I said, I put out a tweet earlier about this show, and everyone was like, "What are you wasting your time for? We're not signing anybody." Um, you know how this works, but of course, this show is about all clubs from everywhere and stuff like that. But 
Sean, I'm going to come to you first because I know Kev really likes this player. Um, we, t- we spoke about him um, on Sunday night. Zakaria. Now, it's come up over the last three days from three different sources that three or four teams are interested in Zakaria for f- probably about £5 million pounds or six, just over €6 million Euros, um, in this January window, right? Um, where do you stand on him? Do you think Do you think it is something Liverpool could go and look at? Because the, the rumour is Bayern, uh, Dortmund, might be Juventus and definitely United as well. We're looking at him. But Zakaria going to Liverpool... Fans are screaming for it now. As soon as it's come out, fans are screaming for it. Where do you stand on it? Because I haven't seen anything solid on any player for Liverpool in the January window. He's more of a holding player, Gav. That's why I don't get it. That's why that's the only reason why I don't get it. Because he's a holding. He's predominantly a holding midfielder. He sits at the base of a midfield. And with Fabinho, who does that, who was, you could argue, was the best in the world. He's definitely one of them. So is he coming in to be a squad player? I don't get it. We need somebody ready to vacate either one of those positions, either on the right-hand side or the left-hand side of a midfield. So I think he'd be just spending five or six million for the sake of it. And that's why Liverpool fans are up in arms wanting it, because they just want a shiny new toy. They don't really, they're not looking into the logistics of it. Zaccardio doesn't start for Liverpool, not with their system, because he's not better than Fabinho. And he'd be a bench option. Yeah, we knew he'd squabbed it, but I I believe that we need more of a natural successor successor to Genie. I'd actually have Genie back before I sign Zach Zachariah because he's actually what is Zachary, whatever you say. Because we need a box to box, a number eight. We don't need a sitting midfielder. So that's the only and and his injury record hasn't been great of late either. Like there's one there, Gravenberch. Honestly, Gravenberch Never in a million years. Yeah, not now. But that's what Nobody's that's probably up. But that's how we operate. Nah, that's how... Kev, Royola would be happy for Gravenberch to go to Liverpool if he knew in three or four years he'd get him a move to Barca Real because that's what he does. That's just how he operates. But that's how he operates. We need a number eight, more of a Basuma, someone who's box to box. If you're signing Zachary, it's just for the sake of it. And Klopp's not going to do that. He's not not going to do that. I'd have him all day long because we don't have a second player who can play in that six. I would have him for depth. The problem is he's good enough to start at every other club that you've mentioned, including um, Bayern Munich. Definitely Dortmund. He's better than Alex Witzel. Um, He would start at United, hands down. He doesn't start for us, and that's the biggest issue. Um, He's definitely good enough. Um, He can play if you're playing two sixes. He can play that role fine. But we only have one natural number six at the club. And you're not going to get 50 games a season out of Fabinho. So there is games for Zakaria to come in and play. And there's a doorway there if he forces himself into it. He's still only 25. Yeah. And his injury record, he had one bad injury two and a half years ago, a bad knee injury, he missed 22 games. Since then, he's missed one game last season. He's missed one this season. His availability is absolutely perfect. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss matches. Saying that Gladbach aren't in Europe, as far as I know, so it's one game a week type of thing. So he's not under that kind of stress. But no, I really like him. I love the fact that he's six foot three and he gets about the pitch. He's left footed. He could him and Fabinho could play as two sixes, no problem, and we could change shape. And we'd have the ability to change shape. And I think 
we're very predictable in how we play and having that ability to play two sixes where Thiago isn't available enough. You know, we need someone on that left-hand side who is going to be there nine times out of ten. I mean, I wouldn't have Genie anywhere near us. He's not getting a, a game for PSG because his legs are cooked. He's more you know, what we need, though. We his, type need is, his type yeah. is what we need. If Basuma didn't have his other issues going on outside of football, then yeah, I'd be all over it. But while he's got those issues, then the club's going to go nowhere near him. And after that, there's not many box-to-box mids outside of someone like a Barella who I really like that you're going to tempt. And we're just not going to get that calibre of player to move in in January. You know, because someone who's good enough to come in and start for Liverpool is already going to be playing in the Champions League or at a high enough level that their clubs are able to afford to hold on to that player until the summer. You know, Luis Diaz is a classic example of that. Porto, with their income from the Champions League and from Europe, can afford to hold on to a Luis Diaz, wrap up a league, another league title and let him go in the summer unless someone is willing to pay his release clause. And there's no way we're paying a 70-odd million pound release clause for a Luis Diaz. So people got to temper their expectations with what's actually available in the January window and what we actually really need. Mm. It, it, it's, it's unfortunate that the squad is good. Yeah, we do. Like when it comes to Liverpool, you know, you can make arguments for for a couple of positions as to what they need. But you mentioned something there a minute ago, shining the logistics of it, and you know, Kev rightly pointed out the other night that we have a free spot in the in the squad because we only named the twenty four man squad. We have 20, we're allowed twenty five. The reason for that is that Shakiri leaves the club and Liverpool don't replace him. So you could bring in a signing without anything changing in the squad. But if you want the forward, right? If you want the forward, they're probably you're going to have to get rid of them. Now, this is all I'm going to um, caveat all this with the fact that the majority of Liverpool fans, me included, feel that Liverpool won't do any business in January because that's just what the way we are, right? They but, won't. I think the only one they would have done, Gab, is your man Adi Amy. Had it been had it been possible to get him now, because they will they only look at long term. Look, look for example, yeah. look what they did with Van Dijk. They literally goes, we can't have him. We were, we were bidding mad money for him. Whatever happened, the big fallout with Southampton, we didn't go near another centre-back. We didn't mm. even try to sign another centre-back in that window. And we just yeah. went back and got him in, Janu- in January. And look at Canate last year. Look how bad we were last year. Yeah. Look how bad it got. Like, we yeah, were on the verge of dropping out top four. And they didn't go near another. They were trying to get... They, they got fucking Kabak in on the last day. And they got, um, yeah, man, Ben Davies. Ben Davis. Who who never you don't think he ever put a Liverpool jersey on him, so that it just goes to show you they're always long term. They don't think like us. Like they're not going to be going. Everyone's screaming that we need a forward because the lads are off at Afcon. They're missing two games, but we need a forward that pushes Mane out of the team. That's that's what we need. Yeah, and we needed a midfielder in the summer, and they didn't do it either. So I think if you're signing Zakaria, it's just for the sake of it. That's the way I feel, because he's not going to start games. And by the time he gets up to speed, being a squad player, he's probably only going to start playing games March, April, May, because that's what that's what Klopp has done. We can only look at what's gone before. Andy Robertson, Fabinho, for example, he never just throws players in. Never. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I do I think the Origi stuff is is interesting. I think if if 
it's quite clear, I said this the other night, it's quite clear that Klopp, even with comments after Origi scores a couple of goals this season, he, he mentions the fact that, you know, he was surprised nobody came in from because he's really good and stuff like that. And Liverpool apparently wanted 20 million and clubs weren't willing to pay that. But I think, I think if they got a good offer for Origi, I think he would let him go. I think there's a number there. And if someone hits that number, I think Origi leaves. And I think that might be even be a case of the player knows that as well. You know, but having said that, yeah, you would have to replace him. Even though Origi's only used in emergency at this stage, you would still have to replace him. And you can't just replace him with an Origi type. There's no point, because why don't you just keep Origi and wait till the summer? The next signing for Liverpool up front, and I keep saying it, is massive. It's absolutely massive. Whether it's someone that's going to take Mane's place, or whether it's someone that's going to be, you know, an out-and-out out number nine, and you look to Jota to move left, or what are you going to do with Firmino? It's huge, because this player will have to be at Liverpool, for me, in 18 months or two years, making a massive impact. There's no point in stop-gapping. And that's where the frustration comes from Liverpool fans, because, you know, Zakari is Zakari is Zakari, good player. Don't get me wrong. I I would do it because I think we do need cover at, at that six because I don't think that um I don't think Henderson can do it anymore. I don't think it suits him anymore. And I think Fabinho takes a while to get going and misses games. I think we need that cover. I would do it, but at the same time, as as long and I'm frustrated over what Liverpool have done the transfer market over the last eighteen months. But I I do understand that you have to move players out. It's not it's not just you know brush him away and let's start with another one. And you can't just get rid of a Rigi for an Origi type player. You have to they have to improve it. And and in the forward sense that has to improve it massively because of the players up front in their contract situation, the form and their age, you can't just stop gap it. Because you you'll end up with four players in a year's time where you go, I need to replace all of these now. So it's it's a really strange one for Liverpool. I get where people say we won't do any business. I'm on the lines where I agree with you. But if we are doing something, I'm with you on that, Shani. I don't want to do something just for the sake of doing it, to say we've done something. I, I, I just feel like we're being used now to get... We, it, you um, feel yeah. used, Shani? No, just... <laughs> no, just then... I just, I just, so lucky. It just looks like our name is being thrown in the hat there. Because there's a mismatch of shite there. He's going to go to Dortmund. That's that's what's going to happen. The only He'll way go he goes to Dortmund is if, if uh, Alex Witzel is on the way out. And he he's been and there a long time. He might time, be on his way out. He might yeah. be on his way out. And I think that's why he'll do, honestly, because he's he's too good to sit on the bench for us. Mm-hmm. That's why. And he's twenty five, and he's. I think he's too good to be sitting on the bench for us. And mm. Fabinho was the main man there. No, he's hundred percent the main man. You see, but everything in the background of uh, what journalists were being told last summer. Um, was you know twenty twenty two was the year that Liverpool will look to start a rebuild of this team. Right. It's twenty. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I know that that's coming from journalists. You don't know what way they're being fed that or whatever. But they are going to have to start doing something at some stage. You know, you yeah. you know you have that's to you have to look at the age profile, the, the contract situations with certain players. We we've secured really really good players, world class players on long term contracts. But you really have to go and you, you have to start doing something at some stage. I just don't think it'll be January. Um, I think it's only become evident as well this season at how some players are underperforming. I think last season was okay and you kind of just give them a little bit of a pass because of the injuries and whatever situation was going on. But it's only become evident now like that man is underperforming. Jordan Henderson's is nowhere near his best anymore. So I think now it is gonna it's really coming to a head now that these players need to be moved on. Um I don't think it was really being like obviously because you had Champions League, you had the Premier League, I don't think it was really like a focus at that point because they weren't 
it wasn't noticeable. But now, obviously, it is becoming a realisation that, you know, you've got the likes of Milner, who, <laughs> how much longer is he going to be there, really? Like, probably not much longer today. at all. Um, I, reckon be, now, I reckon he'd be there for another 12 to 15 years. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's never going to be winning the sprint test. He's never stopping. He's just, he's, he's a machine. The man's a machine. No, like, I can see him. If this season's not his last, next season will be. Yeah, um, I think so. Then obviously Henderson's name, coming yeah. to, I think Henderson's coming to the back end of the peak of his career now. Manny, we've seen, is just not set alight, set alight at all this season whatsoever. Um it's so, actually better. Man, has returned better numbers this season than he has last season. Which yeah, is I, mad because you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think it. Looking think at him, he looks fourth, different. Yeah, but he's the fourth highest strike. He's the fourth highest goal return in the Premier League. That's mad. Yeah, but I you think know, if you, so, you could put Hudson Odoi in there, Tim, and he'd be putting up them tight numbers. Yeah, that's honestly. that's the thing. You were saying it the other night, and you're right. You're going to, I think it's a product of the system now at this stage with Mane. Yeah. Uh, and look, I'm not digging him out. Should be getting more. That's yeah, the he, exactly. The chances yeah. he gets, he should be getting more. The fact I that just, he's got like, seven or eight. The thing is, it kind of uh, dawned on me when we played Atletico away in the Champions League, and I, I think what's your man's name, Fletcher, that does the commentary for BT. Like that was the oldest side that Liverpool have ever fielded in the Champions League game. Hmm. So the squad is, I'm not saying over the hill, but they're all peaking at the same time. Yeah, but to and, stay at the level, and and that leaves a lot of work to be done. It does, and we're already windows behind. So correct, they do need to get the finger out. But the thing is, this isn't a, this isn't a club where you know at this stage, three or four years ago, you'd say okay, but this isn't a club at this stage where you go, you know what? Let's let's bring in some younger players and let's see how they get on, and if we can get fourth, and even if we miss a Champions League, maybe, but it's all for the long term goal. That's not how it works anymore. You stand still, and you're gone. That you'll yeah. be blown away. Yeah. City will do it to you. Um, Chelsea will do it to you. Newcastle will do it to you in two years' time. In my I tell you what, um, Arsenal, like Arsenal, the, Arsenal are starting to get the average age that. of their squad and some of the quality. Yeah, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then if yeah, you look at the average age of their squad, I think it's about twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. They're 24. where we were when Klopp started to regenerate. Exactly. The, uh, our first, exactly, and our and the, first run. But the thing is, like, if United stopped making out that they're playing a massive game of supermarket sweep, they would actually get their house in order and, and can challenge anyone financially because yeah. of the, the absolute juggernaut they are as a as a brand. You know, but they just make so many bad decisions. So Liverpool can't when it comes to regenerating this squad, it can't be done with oh we'll get him in and he might be you need to I'm not saying you have to go for certainties because Liverpool don't do that. They they go for a certain level. But even at a certain level you're spending forty fifty on, on a player. So you're looking at, if you want to bring in three in the summer, it's costing you somewhere between 150 and 200 million quid to keep you at a level, to guarantee you at a level. And you need to nearly guarantee yourself now because there's more and more contenders in this race all the time. There's nobody falling out of it. Chelsea, City, United, Arsenal, even Spurs, Newcastle, in, we could talk about in probably this time next year. They're all going to get stronger and stronger. That's just the way it is. Some will fall off because... Everyone has a mad year and it goes a bit berserk. But overall, you need to keep a level. And when you're trying to read, it's so hard when you're trying to rejuvenate a squad, you know, and, and move players in and move them out and get it right, but stay at that standard. And that's where Liverpool are at the moment. I'm not saying they can't go and do great things as Liverpool side because we've seen them do it. But changes have to happen. That's just the way life life goes on. Life moves and people get older and people get that bit slower and, you know, the sort of way. And, you just have to wait and see, but I still don't think it'll be done in January because 
they don't do short term unless something exceptional comes up where they can get a deal done. I, I, can't I think you'll be sniffing around because if you look back at like obviously Canada is a little bit of a, a different, Thiago is a little bit different, but you've basically gone for informed Premier League players. So like Van Dyke, Jota, Salah, obviously um, people like that. So I think you'll end up looking at the likes of Greenwood, for example, from Manchester United. Because he's young. He's I mean, he's not in form at the moment because I think the Ronaldo signings hampered him a lot. But that is a Jurgen Klopp signing. Like He's thinking for the future long term. He's got Premier League experience. He'd have to win the witness protection, though. If he's yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Um, it's so, so unfortunate. All the, all the younger players. I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, you know that, what's that lad from Leeds called who's just randomly come up, like, Gelhart, Gelhart, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of the season, see how he kicks on the season. It'll be like players like that. I know obviously like Rafinha has been mentioned several, several times. I think he's the um, one. And I think he and will it be there. Because like even players in Europe, like Vlavic, for example, who's going to leave Fiorentina at the end of the season, he wants to move. He's only 21. That's yeah. perfect for Jurgen Klopp. Um, and he said he doesn't want to go to Arsenal, so there's no really any reason why Liverpool can't be in for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that, that'll that be the route that you just go down going forward, I think. Yeah. Jonathan says Saka. That's the one for me. I, I, <coughs> yeah, I love Saka. I, I think yeah, he's yeah, a fantastic player. I, I love him, but yeah, I think Arsenal have their chops about them. They will not. They do, but Liverpool try really hard to get him before that'll they sign depend. the deal That'll all depend that on if they get top four this season. If they get top four, that's a no-go. You'll be not going anywhere near there. Yeah, if that's they true. don't, and they drop out and it's top six, because I think they are expecting top four now, Based on Manchester United's form, yeah, um, I think that they might consider it. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of them, one of the lads from Ajax, either Neres or Anthony. It's going to be yeah. one of them for twenty million. It'll be Anthony if it's anyone. And we torn him. Says you were better week, Kev. We don't. We don't. <laughs> you, you've got your Anthony tattoo. I've got. I want. We well don't go for world class players. I've, no, I've on the Anthony train because I tell you, he will be going to World Cup with Brazil. It's almost nailed on. He's so good. This kid, if he can be channeled in the right direction, he can do, he could be anything. He really could. In the right club, in the right environment, with the right manager, he could be anything. He really can be world-class. He's, he's, he's got the potential. That's the fucking thing. If we don't start snapping these up now in two or three seasons, these are, this is where Newcastle become a problem. Yeah, I think for Curtis in the chat, you know what, right? It's all Newcastle. Way before the show, I was saying, like, oh, seven years. It'll be seven years before we're done. No. You no, guys no. want two, and now you make no, me think, oh, five years. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, they, they don't make they they If they stay up, if they stay up, the way I look at Newcastle, to get back to them again for, for the fucking 11th time, the way I see with Newcastle is if they stay up, I could see them making five or six signings that they would say to themselves, you know what? Let's put all this relegation stuff completely in the background now. And let's, t- not Champions League, but let's target getting in the top seven in the Premier League, yeah. right? And then the following season going, we got seventh. We got, we didn't get Europe, for argument's sake, but we, we really pushed. And we've gone from 17th to seventh. And we've been really good in what we've done on the transfer market. Now is the time to go and add two or three more to that. And push themselves into top four. That's only two years. And I think I think That's it's only two over, years. And then you're. I think you're, it's massively overstated what you need. Go anywhere. It's massively overstated what you need to get into the top four in England because you need to look at how close Leicester have gone the last two years. Yeah. With, uh, with their outlay, which is not mental. 
they did. They, and they, Brendan they, they, and Brent, yeah, and Brendan Rogers tax. So mm. it's it's actually there for the taking. Like yeah. there, it, there is a spot. Like if if anyone had a bit about them, like West Ham are after being fallen off. They've won winning five, and they're still two points off top four. I think. Yeah, I mean, well, you've got to look at how the Saudis have done with other sports. Look at what happens when they wanted to attract the UFC, when they want to attract major boxing events. They build a stadium for them. When they wanted to build to bring F one to the to the peninsula, they build not just one, two world class tracks. Hmm. You know, they don't. And they're the showcases now. They're showcase events it's, now. Since they have forced on the last race. Yeah. They have the they have now have access to the biggest sporting brand in the world in the Premier League that will get them global recognition every week. It will put them on TV audiences around the world every week, and they will throw the kitchen sink at it, and it will not take longer than three years. I think people, right, we, right, I right think people talking pay. down Newcastle. I think people talking down it's Newcastle fair. are people yeah. that are they're shit no, scared. I, I think. That's it. I think if you were talking down Newcastle for four to five to seven years, there's people sitting there going, I, I really hope it's four to five to seven years. But yeah, I don't and you want to get this be. Super League out. We're going to get that finger out and get this Super League going. <laughs> yeah. so we can all have yeah. a go. And, I, and, and listen, we joke, but there will be clubs looking going, um, get us into that Super League. And get us, <laughs> yeah. I'm not messing. Get it's us guaranteed money. Of the year because that's how we're going to compete. You know, just like Man City. So I seen on Twitter the other day or today, someone said Man City have won eleven league games in a row, and no one gives a shit, right? Because they're just used to it. That that's that we've been programmed now to Man City having the most and spending the most and winning. They've more quietly or less dominated the English football they now. They've hmm? quietly dominated. Yeah, English yeah, football absolutely. About the, the other day, about the amount of won. The, the, the whole thing has been Pep and Club, but we've only beaten them to one title. They've won four out of the last five. Like that's dominance. Yeah. It's only because yeah. it's been close a couple of the seasons where you think, oh, they're really two good contenders, but that's mm. dominance, no matter what yeah. way you look at it. So I, yeah. I, I'm honestly sure at this point, right? They like pretend not to win games at the beginning of the season, like even though they know they can't, and then they're like, Oh, you know, we'll just second half of the season, we'll just win all the rest. Yeah. The only saving grace I do have is that City have been excellent this season. Like excellent. They've lost two games, same as Liverpool. They've they've won games where they could have drawn. Liverpool have done the opposite. The only thing I would say is that I don't know how much more close to perfection they can get, mm. but I do know how much more Liverpool can get closer to them. You can buy a striker, you buy Haaland, and you can just yeah, forget about they football. Will. They will, but that's but that's what you're up against. And people, if people think that Newcastle aren't going to be the same, if not bigger, is they're off their rocker. They're like they're they're completely sure, mental. If you if, the, if you want to see how serious they are, you might know this, Kendall. I think they paid a billion. To just make something go away, they got to do with the, the the TV rights or something. Oh yeah, I think it was, it, the, the piracy was the yeah, issue. Yeah, it was something like a billion. And they were like, "Yeah, just go away, will you? Let, just let me do this now." Like, imagine that. Imagine being able to do that. That's the yeah, sort that, of power that they have. That's the level you're on. Before we leave, um, Adama Traore, um, the big fella, um, from Wolves, all the oil. He puts all the oil on him. He's deadly. Signing for um, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, come here, Nyasha. Um, lots of talk about. Um, you know, there was it was fifty million last summer. It's it's apparently eighteen million now. Spores are meant to be interested. Wolves don't want to let him go in this window. Would anybody take out of trees? I, I come to you first, Kendall. Would anybody take a punt on a Damatriori because he's an absolute machine when he gets running, but his end product is appalling. Um, would you take a punt on him? 
No, because he's just another Saint Maxman, and I think Maxman has more technical ability. So I, that, that's not even me being rude at the moment, right? Because I wouldn't yeah, have even took him before the takeover. Because I just don't. What what would be the point? Like, there's actually just no point. We've already got Saint Maxman. You're just adding another bulkier Saint Maxman with less technical ability and probably more pace. That's it. Um, I don't see him elevating the team to any other level, in my opinion. Um, I think he would probably his outlay in maybe like Serie A, for example, would be exceptional. But just a physical league like Premier League, I just don't think for me I would take him in this team right now. Um, but I could be my words if he's under a coach like Conte, he could be unbelievable. But yeah, just at the moment, there's just no point in us taking him at all. Shawnee, would you take a punt on Adama Traore? No, I'd say there's more chance from going in the NFL draft. To be honest, <laughs> I wouldn't go near him. Imagine, look, it's all well and good, and it, uh, it, this isn't like it's not a slow dig. It's not like people saying that they take Saint Maximum at Liverpool. It, it's a completely different story playing for Liverpool in setups playing for Newcastle. We play against teams who have eleven men behind the ball every week. That's no good to you. you Saint Maximum and Troyare want to be running into space. They're not going to be standing there playing wild passes off your striker, playing little quick, neat, intricate football in between the lines. They're no use to us. That, that's exactly the counter-attacking footballers. That's exactly you. Just leave him there and go. He's a complete wildcard, Troyare. Wolves just threw him on the other night and said, "Just give him the ball." Because you know you're yeah. not going for it. it. It would never work in their system. Never. Okay, Kev, I don't think you take a punt on him. I could be wrong, but no. do you see him leaving in this window? Because I think no. he looks a sports signing. I don't because I think uh, Wolves don't have to sell. Okay. Um, whatever the setup is at Wolves, they there is a couple of players I like there. I'd love to take. I like Ruben Nevis a lot. Ruben Nevis, yeah, yeah. I've liked him. And, for the and last Neto, two was or three years. Neto was deadly. Neto is Neto is unreal, and Callum is massively in, in on him. Um, that Kilman lad at centre back is really good as well. He's a good I mean, footballer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, very he's a good footballer. Here. But Adama, Adama Traore is one of these players, Sean is dead right in how he plays. He just doesn't have any football intelligence. And no matter where he's been, you let him run at players, he's brilliant. Mm. You let him take someone on, he'll take people on for fun. If you've got a Raul Jimenez type striker in a 4-4-2, if you've got two of them and he float, he's floating in crosses from the right all day long because he gets plenty of space, he's brilliant. And he'll do a great job for that. But for how Conte plays the Spurs in a 5-3-2, no. And for how we play, not a chance. Not a chance. I, I think Kevin's actually spot on. I, I think if he goes to Serie A under someone like Mourinho at Roma, I think he'd have he'd have fun in games. I think he'd have Because look at Lukaku. Like, Lukaku is a big, burly guy. I know it's like completely different situations, but he looked like the... Best world class striker yeah. ever when he was in Serie A, and yeah. he's got very similar attributes to Adama Traore in, in terms of like pace and power, and less technical ability, yeah. more pace and power. So I think that's just why he would just suit Serie A probably down to the ground. Yeah, you would. I, I I don't think I'd take a punt on him. Um, I I someone did say to me today, would you take him over a Rigi? And I actually said yeah because he's something different. Um, but like, uh, Joseph reckons I'm, I'm having some sort of love affair with Adama Traore. I, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't have enough output. I think what Shani says is right. 
we we literally play where teams are in banks of four, four and five, you know, and and then look to hit us on the break. He's, he's probably the perfect player to play against us if you if you give him the ball in the right situations. The only thing I will say though is when he gets the ball with his back to goal about 70 yards from the opposition's goal, right? And he manages to get torn. I do get giddy. I do be like well, and not not for what he does, it's for what everyone else on the pitch does because you just see fucking panic, right? Because fellas trying to run towards him but they're running away from him at the same time because he don't want to get too close, right? This fellas bouncing off him. It's just absolute carnage and then he runs down the wing and shanks it into the crowd and we all go, oh, that was great. And, you know, wait another six or seven minutes for it to happen again. I do because I find it very, very, um, very entertaining. Um, but I don't know, like, it, for his goal... He's a goal frustrating footballer. Yeah, he's for a his goal... Can you imagine if that clock's few if he was doing that every ten minutes? As soon as I see a damage already mentioned Liverpool, um, or when I see him mention, I think about my Liverpool... I just think of like the mad stuff he does, right? That's basic, but it, he makes it look mad. And I, I think back to um, Liverpool playing, I'm trying to remember the playing at Anfield. A couple of weeks ago, Kanata hits a pass into the middle of the park. He shouldn't hit it, and it gets intercepted, and Liverpool are hit on the break. And they're nearly caught out, and Klopp is going mad. And I'm, and when I think of Adama Traore, and right, Klopp might rate because of his pace and power, I reckon, I reckon he'd literally go on the pitch and just pull him by the neck off it. I'm just going to listen. No, I'm not having any more. I of think this. either of the either of the wide lads from <coughs> from Watford would be a good signing for anyone. Either Sar or Emmanuel Dennis. Yeah. I think they're the type of players. Dennis has been really good for them. I yeah, well, he was good. He was really good at Bruges as well. So, yeah. like, you got to be clever, but Triara is not it. There's a reason why he's still there. He wanted a hundred million for him a couple of years ago. They've tried him as a right winger in a four four two, and then they go to that back three, and they've tried him as a right wing back. They tried him as a right forward. They tried him as a forward. They've, they've tried him all over the place, and he's still sitting on something like fucking I don't know. I think he scored six goals in his whole career or something. Um, it's it's ridiculous, but uh, yeah. It's, so I just thought I'd ask because the name is popping around and and I mean, sports are potentially going to be busy. There's names that do the rounds all the time. Coutinho is one. Yeah. Osman Dembele Zaha is another one. Is always one. Zaha, Zaha used Zaha to be, is. but I think I think Zaha is one of the ones now that look he's settled in where he's going to stay. He's not. Zaha going... about thirty one now, though, isn't he? Yeah, he no. is. Is he? Yeah. is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. No. That, he's that fucking age, <laughs> No way. Yeah. yeah look he was twenty one when he was at United. Wasn't I'm he? telling you, I think Zaha has about. 30, 31 now. Ah, Gav, you're putting years on him. He's only 29. Will you give the chap a nah, chance? No, no, listen, that's not right. That where you Wikipedia you're looking at. No, he's only he's only just went 29. No, I tell totally. I, I think Zaha has just he's a very good player. He's unfortunate. He, they priced him out of moves. That's what happened yeah. to him. They, it just it hasn't happened for him. Yeah, but he is he's a good player. Definitely got to Arsenal winning for a long time. But the, the likes of Dembele and Coutinho or Coutinho apparently has agreed now he will leave Barcelona. Barcelona are desperate to get him off the wage bill. But nobody in their right mind has got to take a punt on him. Um, I'm telling you now, Aubameyang, someone in the Premier League. Aubameyang makes sense to Newcastle for a loan with an option. I'd take Aubameyang. Not an obligation. Six months long, I'd take him. But Arsenal won't do with business with us. I don't know if he's hearting it to get us out of relegation. There's way too much baggage there. No, but it does add it does it does add that kind of name brand, you know, that name recognition to if you want to attract two or three other players, is look, we've got Trippier, we've got a Bamiang, 
we're going to be safe. Come and join the project. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's risk-free because he will get you the goals to stay up. You know, and and that's the, the first objective. And Arsenal desperately, if they have any common sense left, Arsenal desperately have to get him out of the club. Because it's clear as day the difference he's made since being turfed out of the side. What the rest of the players in the side think of it. And because they're all aboard the Arteta train now. The thing about Aubameyang, he's 38 in Gav years. Yeah, he's, he's 40. <laughs> I mean, I think he's. I think he's allowed to bring like a, a friend with him on the train because he's, he's that old. Um, is that what, isn't that what happens when you're really old? You're allowed to bring a friend on the train. Um, there you go. Uh, but look, I don't know. Aubameyang, um Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Kev. Like it, it looks to me like instead of playing to Aubameyang's strengths, they're playing to the team strength now at Arsenal. Yeah. And um, I've I've been very critical of Mikel Arteta. Um, but I have to say, he's he's starting to impress a little bit. Um, now, having said that, I, I still want to see him come up against a proper um, side. I thought they were game. good against City. They were they good against City, but I thought City were really poor. Yeah. City looked leggy. Where I, I, I want to see Arsenal turn up three or four games into a season and go to the Etihad and win, or come to Anfield and win. And then, then, on, then yeah. that's the next level that you have to go to. You know, they are flat-track bullies about Arsenal, and they, they continue yeah. to be. And it, it can get you top four. It absolutely can. We've seen it years gone by. Arsenal done it one year where I think they took more points than anybody else off the bottom toward in, in the league and were atrocious against the top six and got Champions League over well, That was Arsenal under Wenger, wasn't it? That's yeah, why yeah, they never they, really they challenged, just, but they were no, they just the top four. They 26 games in a season where they just went and won like 21, 22 of them and that got them what they needed. Um, I think that's about it for tonight. That's all the names I have until um, another load crop up uh, during the week. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Kev, anything else before we go? No, no, no. You're all good, man. All no. good. Shani, have you forgiven me for calling um, Zahara pensioner? Yeah, just be careful when they're telling people my age, will you? Fucking hell, you'll have oh, me listen, I off. wouldn't tell anyone your age. No, Jesus, no. Um, not with your looks. No, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Good. Kendall, anything else before we go? Where people can find you? All that sort of stuff. Uh, no, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, if you just want to look up Kendall Rowan, that's me on everything. Um, I do stream on Twitch most of the time now. Um, so if you want to just check me out there, obviously this transfer window is going to be a... Hopefully, I'm, I'm touching wood. I don't even have any wood, I don't think. Um, <laughs> touching wood, that is going to be a busy transfer window, but uh, we will see. But yeah, thank you again for having me. Good stuff, good stuff. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll have you on again before the window is closed. Um yeah, that's about it. That has been the Transfer Agenda show in the LFC Day Trippers. Um, I did know what day it was earlier. It's Tuesday, isn't it? When? What day is it? Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we have a midweek fix. Um, looking forward to an Arsenal game. That may not happen. Arsenal are very upset. Um, Thursday, if the game goes ahead, we will have post uh, the post-match show with me and Kev. Friday, Kev and Chris will be back with Sports Unplugged. And I'll be with you tomorrow, Thursday and Friday at 2pm to talk all things Liverpool. That is it, I think. Yeah, let's go. Um, Yeah, over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.